0: This episode of The Cool Ship brought to you by Homebrew University at 160 Main Street in lovely downtown Hackettstown, New Jersey. Homebrew University for all your homebrewing needs. Don't know how to make beer? No problem. Warren, the Professor Wilson, will help you design a kick-ass recipe for your favorite style and brew it on premise. He might even let you rub his belly for good luck. That's Homebrew University at 160 Main Street in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Se habla espanol. Deutsch gesprochen. Le français est parlé. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the Cool Shift Podcast, dedicated to beer lovers, home brewers, and professionals alike. With your hosts, Warren, the Professor Wilson, and Matt, zigmeister Ziegler. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to grab a beer and chill on the Cool
1: Shift.
2: Okay, hey, uh, we're gonna start the show. So if we could just have a little bit of a quiet down, you guys can talk.
3: Time to go just back don't. I'm perfectly fine with you having a conversation. No, in those the are the, those are the guys that are loud.
2: Uh, the guy that's not uh, even gonna join our club. Well, welcome to uh, the Cool Ship Podcast. Yeah, you need that. an opener. Oh, you no, did. You already no, said that. I didn't you say that. that. No, I didn't think you said yeah, The Cool I Ship Podcast. Have. Welcome back. Hey. We we missed whole February. Yeah, it was busy. Yeah, I guess so. We had like six. We missed the entire festivals. Yeah, we had like six festivals. February to to. doesn't matter. February's the dead of winter.
4: I thought March was before. the dead
2: of winter, right? Tis, no, a, March, tis a silly month. March is I'm the now. beginning of good things to happen.
3: Tis a silly
1: month. Good things at three feet of snow. Yeah. Well, three
2: <laughs> Hey, Paul. How are you, buddy? Hey. I just stepped in. <laughs> this is a special event here. We have uh, a couple of guests. We have our podcast along with our... N.J. Hops meeting tonight. Welcome Tina. She's on the microphone. We're gonna switch around here. Even me, I'm gonna get up every once in a while to take to go to the bathroom. But he does that all the time. Um, right? I do that from time to time. Doesn't make a difference. Um, we have Matt and myself, Warren. Um, a- it's been some time since we've had this podcast tonight. Uh, January. Carl's been uh, very gracious to us. We are doing uh, what he considers dessert beers. Um, we're going to start off with a couple of Lambics and move into Matt's Tiramisu. and see what we can destroy on that one.
3: Yeah, we got a few different well, that, sweet and fruity beers for That tonight. one's going to
2: be like last, though, right? So it be uh, we'll be well in. We're comparing
3: that to another chocolatey-ish we'll be, beer. Sheets to the yeah, wind
2: yeah. by the time we get to that. All
3: right. I get a mug. Look at that.
2: Yeah, the glasses oh, are, are taken. Oh, so I get the mug, though. But um, anyway, <clears throat> what's going on with Homebrew University? We, uh, we kicked off our January with, um, with a couple of barrel batches. I've increased our barrel program to three now, and we had three brews in January, back-to-back-to-back to back to back Sundays. Six guys, each 15 barrels, um, got in on the brew. We had um, six guys come in on each barrel. Is it six guys, I want to say? What's six times five is 30? No, so we had four guys on each barrel. Um, And then uh, we did a a, a wee heavy, um, a Belgian strong, and then we did um, a barley wine. So we have three different barrel-age brews going on right now. They're going to be pulled in April. Uh, We had festivals all throughout February, which was a lot of fun to deal with. And then, of course, last weekend, Hackistown had their St. Patrick's Day Parade. A kind of prelude of what's going to happen this weekend. I hope that the St. Patrick's Day Parade was a lot of fun. I know you weren't around, Tina, and I was quite pissed at wow. that because uh, your friends were here, but uh, you weren't hello? here.
5: <clears throat> hello?
3: I don't know what happened. People can't see the bandage, it, Tina. Therefore, it's an it audio show. <laughs> therefore, it doesn't <laughs> exist.
5: It
6: doesn't well, exist. I'm, I'm showing Warren. Well, t- tell me what happened. So I got bit by my dog. Oh, you got a pipple? I have two pipples, and they were fighting a a bone, and you I got, got in the middle. middle. Dumbass. So I got bit,
2: yeah. You mm-hmm. live dogs. So, Wow, I could really smell this from here. But anyway, um, a lot of brewing going on. We're doing a lot of uh, really cool things
3: in town here. Just so people, Tina did survive. She's yeah, okay. she's okay. She's it was, one less It arm. was a horrible excuse. She, she shouldn't have missed.
2: Yeah, she hurt her left side. She's all right now. So.
5: <laughs> it looks like a, oh my God. It looks like a walking dead, dead wound, if you ask me. It estimate. does, right?
3: Yeah, she's,
2: she's going to turn into a zombie pretty she's, soon. She's moving on to the other stage.
6: She's
5: infected. <laughs> yeah. <You know?
2: laughs>
6: Turn into a zombie. Watch out.
2: So, um, new things coming on the horizon for the club um, and for Homebrew University. We're doing the MyFest, which is Mm -hmm. happening uh, May 18th and 19th. For those that want to get into Homebrew competition, you submit up to any... It's open categories. Two beers per entry. Uh, I think we're having eight entries as a limit. Um, And it's $8 each entry. Um, We're going to be having... We have the trophy. We have the Best of Show trophy, so the winner gets their name on that trophy. We're going to have some, hopefully, like we did last year, somewhere around 30 judges, majority being BJCP-guided judges or uh, BJCP-ranked judges or judges that are just starting to get into judging. And uh, we offer a lot of uh, help. Carl, you're involved in that with... um, with our stewards, um, and the stewards get to try some beers out as well. So if you're around that weekend, come on by. I know Easter is big, and then uh, Mayfest is uh, coming right around the corner after that. We're opening the doors for entries the first week of April, second week of April, somewhere around there. We haven't really uh, nailed down a, a date yet, but that's where we are as a home brewers. And um, Matt, why don't you tell us about where you are with your uh, your brewery?
3: Oh, goodness, where are we? Where do I start? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, A lot of stuff's been going on lately. Um, We've really been expanding on the New England-style IPA series, Deep Sea, that we've been doing. Uh, We've doubled up our... I'm sorry, what
0: style, Matt?
5: Yeah. Um, That one that
3: I... No, let's forget about that.
0: (laughs) Please rewind to every episode before episode 20 where Matt went off numerous times about how terrible the style was. I didn't...
2: There's no smoke mall. He's, he's a smart he he man. just called him out.
0: <laughs> never said
2: that. <laughs> Way to derail. Ra- I never
3: said that, but now I sell the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to sell what the people want. <laughs> um, we rotate the style every month, uh, or the recipe of the beer each month. Um, usually we did just 30 barrels of it. This time we're doing 60 barrels, so we can actually can 30. Uh, to get that at distribution, and we're also doing a five-barrel batch of a kind of, I guess the term would be milkshaked version of it, um, with lactose, vanilla, and a bunch of different fruit purees put in there. Uh, That's going to be for sale um, only at the brewery, not for distro. We don't want that one sitting on shelves. It's more of a you come in, you get it, and you drink it, and (laughs) like it, and wait until I make it again. Actually, I just heard somebody make a really interesting point about on uh, some
0: other show, I can't remember what it was, Mm -hmm. about New England style IPAs, which is it is one thing that will keep the craft breweries going because it's a style that does so poorly in packaging that you kind of have to be there to really enjoy it, right? Or you have to be close to the brewery that
3: makes it in order to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, One thing, though, that I've been kind of seeing with, like, the way – the IPA trend has been going. You had the <coughs> West Coast IPA. Then you had the New England-style IPA. So and now you're getting these, like, fruit-forward or sour-style IPAs. And now you're getting these crazy, like, I guess, what, what's it? The Answer just put out. Like, these um, – it's practically fruit juice with some beer blended into it and – It's Bartles s- and James, right? Yeah, yeah and um, it's it's to the – part. where it's practically a beer cocktail yeah and i feel like a lot of these people who were liking those really fruit flavored ipas and stuff are moving toward that round and i could see almost like the next movement after this is going to take this big chunk of people that were drinking craft beer and kind of drop them off the edge of the beer thing and be like okay now they're drinking cocktails and they don't want beer anymore and there goes a big chunk of the beer drinkers and the craft beer community um so a little concerned about that but i do understand what you're saying carl in terms of uh you know, New England-style IPAs will keep craft beers, you know, going, or craft breweries going because you
5: have You have to drink it fresh. That's
3: And an, an, an also on the same thing, it kind of blows my mind when I see these people drive to, like, you know, all these breweries and pack in, like, 20 cases of New England-style IPAs in the back of their car, and they're taking a picture and be like, look at my haul in the back. I'm like, unless you're drinking that by the end of this week or by the end of next week, <laughs> one, you're dead. <laughs> um, or two, you're trading with everybody, and then you know, you know. I guess you're just become a, a mule for the the beer community to get a bunch of different styles of beer that you're going to be able to age. But I, I never understood the whole go out and buy 20 cases of some beer that's not going to last more than two weeks, really. Well, isn't isn't it more the point to get the Facebook picture than it is to get the beer? See, I've never been too much about but, taking pictures of myself on Facebook, so I wouldn't really know too
5: much
1: about that. Take a look at how many people wait online oh, yeah. at Hill
3: Farmstead and take a picture of himself doing so, and that's
1: the accomplishment. Right? It's more, uh,
5: more That's the voice there.
0: of Actually, Paul, who yeah. has yet to introduce
1: himself. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he said hi when we said he his said name. Hi. Yeah. My name is Paul. I'm here, and uh, I, I'm Paul. I'm the guy who hates IPAs. We'll leave it at that, right? <laughs> I represent continental beers, namely German, Belgian, and English. So we are sipping an nice lambic right now, so I'm a happy man.
6: Uh-huh. <laughs> Delicious.
2: Mm, very sweet, traditional. Yep. I'm talking about Paul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful! I'll take compliments. I'll take them all day. So, so here's a question. So, this is actually a Lindeman's, right? This is the Lindeman's mm-hmm. bomb. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So, this is with aspartame, is it not? Aspartame. Oh. I believe these are artificially sweetened, aren't they? I believe so. Yes.
5: Oh, I didn't know that. It's
1: interesting, right? Because they managed to pull it off pretty well. <clears throat> you don't get the cloyingness. It's definitely sweet. You know, it's got the sweet taste, but no aftertaste. Yeah. Oh. They,
0: do they do they have to put that gov- that warning about phenol? To whatever the heck it is, if you put aspartame in it, that, that's that's that a fantastic question. So is this
1: really just a myth that we've been reading? Because I would think that would ha- that warning would have to be on here. I would think so too. Yeah. Um, they're comics? saying natural sweetener, so maybe it's stevia. Mm-hmm. It could be stevia, oh, could right? Be. So uh, can I tell a little story? Sure. So when can I was over it. in Brussels and I went to Cantillon, um, we went over there, and by the can way, say so it again. What Cantillon. That? <laughs> and the way that you find Cantillon is Cantillon. you follow. I'll take the Merlot Um, (laughs) um, the way you find this brewery is that you uh, watch for men wearing scarves and fedoras because over there it's even hipsters walking there too the only people going to Cantillon is hipsters so we showed up to the place and over there there's a place called uh, La Morsabie Little Death and they make this white lambic that's outrageous right it's just wonderful but it is back sweetened so I was there I was talking to one of the head brewers over there and he was Dutch he was wonderfully Dutch I think there was a fedora on him, but that's allowed if you're Dutch. right? that's not hipster; that's just natural. <laughs> and um, I asked him, I said, "So, what do you think no, about the, the
0: wooden I-? shoes? Wooden shoes? <laughs> 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 that's not fedoras."
1: Um, and I said, "What do you think about like a company like Le B?" And he said, "We don't, we we don't speak of other breweries. You know, we are we are Cantillon." And um, I said, All right, "Come on, come on. You know, like seriously, what do you think?" And he said, um, "I have a big time problem with the sweetener, right? Because you go over there, they have the true lambics, right. the one, the two year." And, and it's a huge difference. You know, it's a completely different drink, and it's kind of like a little war they got going on over there. Um, God bless them with all the fridors. <laughs> now, if you brought up Lindemans, they'd probably smack you in the face. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this is oh, like probably. Coors like to them. With their it's a good cheese. beer. But um, it is delicious. But it's got a, uh, the artificial world. Natural sweeteners now, stevia. It used to be artificial from what I understand. I thought so too. And I think on an old bottle, if you look at it, it might have the phenylcanotic, whatever that is called, yeah. um, that's on the label.
5: Yeah. Anybody ever meet one of those yeah. people? You've got all
2: these warnings. Phenylketonurics, yeah. I've what? never
1: met one of these people that has that reaction to NutraSweet. So many warnings. How many people are there? Three, four? <clears throat> Supposedly, yeah, I don't
2: know. Supposedly, the phenylketonurics are the ones that destroy your good gut bacteria, and they make people mm-hmm. fat. Not me. So, but I didn't drink this a lot, so I got fat from something else. (laughs) Um, But um, it's very sweet to me. And there's a trick in when you're brewing, it's very difficult to naturally carbonate a beer when you back sweeten. You have to kill pretty much all the yeast off in the beer before you start to back sweeten. So, I'm not quite sure if they artificially carbonate this either. I would assume they don't to keep the artificial or to keep the natural carbonation going on. You never know. I mean, Matt, you carbonate your beer, right, before mm-hmm. you put it in the cans or before you package it. But your barrels, you bottle age. So you naturally carbonate in the in the, in the bottle.
3: We've right? only done that for a couple of them. The other ones we have forced carbonated okay. and gone hey. through a counter pressure <clears throat> fill for the bottles. Right. I have done plenty of bottle conditioning right. and barrel age beers before.
2: Right. But. And, you know, you have to kill off the yeast before you back sweeten or else you're going to have extremely... Um, volatile bottles exploding in your basement. Um, so for home brewers, it's very difficult. But
3: Even for breweries, it's difficult and expensive. And I mean, expensive, you have to, right. You, fil- you have to filter out the yeast, and you have to go through pasteurization, usually. And yeah. Both of those things are not you, cheap. You yep. wouldn't
1: use potassium sorbate in that case?
0: Then you got sorbates in your
1: brewery. You well, I was yeah. going to say,
3: because they'd have to say
1: that on You'd
2: the, yeah, they on they the bottle. Yeah, they'd have to say it on the so bottle. Most the I guess
3: they don't have it on here. Yeah. Yeah. No, so most I'm of a, the people I'm would be going through the process of filtration and then pasteurization. I'm assuming
2: Stevia doesn't need any kind of... Um, if you add stevia, you don't have to worry about killing off the yeast. You can bottle condition with stevia, right? Unfermentable, so, right? 100%. Yeah, unfermentable sugar. So this is a sugar alcohol.
0: Well, could it, yeah, I was going to say, could, could, it, could it not be stevia? Could it be like aerothol
1: or one of those other unfermentable sugars?
2: Yeah, if they say natural, natural, stevia usually is the natural one. Yeah.
1: Um, could be xytol. But those are all laxatives, by the way. And they are. I mean, <laughs>
5: well, you'll all find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a oh, great hold on a second. I <laughs> no. This is a great leather seat you got here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're never going to get out of it now. <laughs> I'm stuck. Matt knows. We've had many people pass out in these things. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, not many, but a handful. So, why um, why don't we talk about the beer then? Or Tina, what do you think? Why don't you describe what you're drinking and tell me what you think um, the beer is supposed to taste like?
6: Well, I I love the ample the apple lambic. Um, like normally when I'm out somewhere and somebody wants to cheers with uh, champagne, this is actually my go-to. That's a good okay. choice. It is. Um, so I did not know about the artificial sweeteners until right now, uh, but I absolutely love it's natural it. Natural sweeteners. Um, so, oh, it's not. Oh, I thought no, it's it's not an it was natural. It used to be. I use, think, okay, yeah. so Pretty I didn't hard. know they sweetened the beer, um, but to me, I absolutely love it. It's very refreshing. It's very, very that, easy to throw back.
2: That is a rumor. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not basing it on any fact, but it's what we've, what I've read anyway, and what I've
3: seen, um, hints and allegations. Yes, Just pieces. Yeah. Warren's of, telling us. Of don't believe anything he says. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
6: Actually, for um, Christmas, for my group at work, I gave this nice. as. Oh the bottle instead of wine to me this hmm. uh, expresses more than a bottle of wine
2: it, it, do, it um, does it does i agree with you and it you know it expresses that it's more fancy than just your average beer on draft <laughs> now, a lot of people don't have this or don't know about it uh if you're not in the beer world They'll walk by that bottle with I the know. green foil on it thinking some kind of foreign stuff. And
6: and all the flavors are amazing. Like they have raspberry, peach, cherry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. black currant, I believe. Speaking of
3: our next.
2: Yeah. Um, so that's the one. So oh, we're going to move well, on to the next one eventually. <laughs> but we're, we're, we kind of like to take it a little bit slower than that, Tina. Oh, Dana. sorry. <laughs> no. It's my, first,
6: my first time. It's no. It's
5: not
1: Jolly Ranchers. It is
6: beer. <laughs>
1: Gotta go Speaking soft. of Jolly Ranchers,
2: I have a couple that's coming in here that's going to do a wheat beer with Jolly Rancher.
1: That sounds oh. just wonderful. Oh, it's, I'm w- saying it's that with great. no sarcasm. I know.
2: I know. I could tell. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a good time.
6: So my review is done. They're making a
3: traditional Belgian quad using yes. that as their candy sugar. That's it. That's our candy sugar. Ooh. They're
2: unflavored Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> Clear sugar. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, so we have Tina, who is our secretary for NJ Hop. She's been with uh, NJ Hop's how long now?
6: Oh, gosh. At least four years, I think.
2: And we have what's coming up uh, next month?
6: Mayfest? Cha-ching. Oh, dues. Yeah,
2: membership drive, right? <laughs> yeah, membership
6: uh, yep. next next April and uh, elections as well. And so elections
2: as well. Erections. Yeah, that, yep, that I too. Mean, no, elections. No, I um, am the
6: only female. I have to deal
5: with y'all. You have to deal with us all. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and Paul is our vice president of the East Chapter. We have two chapters, and Paul came out this tonight and uh, volunteered to sit behind the microphone. Thank you for coming out.
1: Thank you for having me. I didn't even know I'd be officially recorded
2: this yeah. this evening, so uh, now we have you. We hold you to it. Voice is I, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to break out the guitar. Maybe we <laughs> could <laughs> all sing. <Totally laughs> <comfortable>. Matt, <Yes. laughs> Matt quickly shot that yeah, down. He said, no, 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 no guitars.
1: Nobody's no, got a ponytail. We can't play
2: guitar. Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> we got, we got, oh, we got a ponytail. Yeah, we yeah. got a ponytail. Guitars allowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and y- you all been brewing for a while now. Right? you have been brewing for some time, about mm-hmm. six years, yeah, five sometime. six years. Paul, how long? Uh, over twenty. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm old school, yeah. OG.
1: Yeah. So I was back brewing in the days for like freshman kids in, in college. This was back in the day in New Brunswick when there used to be what's the town across from uh, uh, across the Raritan from New Brunswick. Can, no, no, I can't remember. There was a little homebrew shop back way back in the day. One of these original places. So I was uh, one of the first. You know, I obviously started out with Princeton oh, Homebrew. Piscataway.
0: I
5: mean, he's right.
1: it's Piscataway. It wasn't Piscataway. There's a, there's a little town across the bridge on 24, but I can't remember. It was one of those, you know, you had Joe at Princeton Homebrew. You know, we're talking about the old days. Right. Um, and uh, Hop and
2: Vine in Morristown. Yeah.
1: Hop and Vine. I lived across the street from it, I couldn't believe it was a daycare center. What a waste of a facility! Right. And there could have been it could have been beer supplies right across from me, but right. they went out of business yeah. years yeah. way before I got there. Was that on Halsey Street yeah. back in the day. It's
2: Pine Street. Pine Street. Yeah, Pine yeah street. That was, was Pine Street. I, yeah, that's where I cut my teeth. Back in the day with Hop and Vine. Yeah. It's funny. My
0: she- dentist when I was a kid was on Pine Street. <laughs> Pine
5: street. <laughs> really? In He's Moore's still there. Down. I went there.
0: Yeah, he was right across the street from me.
5: Yeah, it was right there. Yep. Yeah. He actually <laughs> cut teeth. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did cut teeth. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, it's a funny story. She showed up here a year after i had opened and walked in, and I I'm looking at her, and I'm like Do I know you? And she's like, uh yeah, you used in one of these shops. I'm like, oh how cool and I started talking to her. She's still around? The yeah. owner of
1: Hop and Vine? Yep.
2: What, what's the story? that they just, they just couldn't
1: keep that Uh they open. They
2: weren't married yet, and they, were, they got married. From what I understand, uh, her husband or her family is involved in some kind of malting
5: oh, really? company,
2: and they just were like, we're done with this. We don't need to do this anymore. Let's move on, get married, and have kids. And I knew them before they had kids, and now she walked in with these two giants. Like The kids are taller than you, taller than Joe, taller than Big Earl over there. And I'm like, who are these people? And she's like, yeah, these are my children. I'm like, holy shit, I feel old.
5: <laughs> and
2: I am old, so the reality sits in. Long ball, great, yeah. bush. Long we balls. got a great bush. Not yet. No, I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of it is. T M I. All right. Uh, on that note, um, I don't know what we want to do here. Do we want to take a break or? Uh,
0: I can get you. Just keep talking. Okay. You guys those down, so I can, right. not a lot of glasses tonight.
1: Okay. So, so, yeah, I'm done. They're not. So one of the interesting <laughs> things I'd say about this, this beer is that the level of apple is, is really profound, mm. right? The only thing, God, back in the day when you used to be able to get uh, hookah, when hookah bars were popular, that apple-flavored tobacco is the only thing I've ever smelled. It's still a hookah bar in Ooh. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. No,
2: it does remind me of, like, the Skull Apple.
1: Yeah, it is a very – it doesn't taste artificial, but that is about a punch-to-the-face type of apple, right. I and mean, it's really there. It's not obnoxious, and it's not really yeah. sour, so it kind of works out, but I, I don't know how they get that. I'd be curious to see how they get that yeah. apple flavor in there. It's
2: more sweet tart than anything.
1: Yeah, but um, amazing uh, presence, right Right up
3: in the forefront. Very very heavy green apple, a little bit of tart, but like you said, very sweet coming yeah. through. And I would think the only way to get that would be almost like straight apple juice, but it, ha- it can't be – Straight apple juice to be It's beer. like concentrated yeah. apple juice.
1: It's beyond even that. Yeah. So I'm curious. There's some kind of secret there. we got to find out what that is. I think they'll, uh, I don't think Take they'll let you, you know control. what it is. Well, Maybe I mean, they will. <laughs> I wonder if it's an extract because I've seen, like, every, I get targeted with ads on Google and mm. all of a sudden I'm getting hit with these various fruit extracts that they're aiming at brewers now that they're claiming are so concentrated to a point and yeah. this and that. I, I don't know what the veracity of these claims are.
2: The more, the more concentrated the extract I find, the more medicinal flavors come through. Right.
1: And it just gets grosser and grosser. Uh Yeah. But uh, I'd love to get that type of flavor into a beer. Figure out how to do it.
2: Yeah. I'd like to to know that, too. I'd like to see if fermenting on apples or fermenting on apple skins or something. Because there's that, like, apple skin flavor that I'm getting. Yeah. The green apple skin. Mm I agree. Where it's not so sour but tart, like Mm -hmm. sweet tart. But um, it does
6: taste fresh. I mean, you don't get this fake. Is that fresh? Yeah. You know, by mm. like
2: crushing all these apples from doing all these apple ciders that we do in the fall and all yeah. throughout. Um,
3: maybe it is aging on apple skins. Maybe, okay.
2: who knows?
1: Well, just Ooh. remember at the same time they're probably not using apples oh, that you, you can eat, right? True. They're probably using like a crab apple or I something. I would say crab apple yeah. will give you
2: the nice the, the most bitterness and the most tartness. Oh Maybe a nice cider apple.
0: I that
3: head on purpose. I oh, did you? On
2: it. So I, I like, okay, so let's comment His, on hey. the head. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things that I'm not quite sure that we want to talk about tonight, but I'd like to get into at some point in our future. Um, one of them is with a head or without a head. I think we could talk about that now that Carl brought us into this. Well, I think I know Warren. Uh, uh, yeah, no, there's a head all the time with me. I, I have to have that head. I'd rather have it happen in the glass than in my in gut belly. when I taste yep. it. Um, and it brings out the, the effervescence of the beer, um, and it shows you um, what you can expect, I, I believe. I remember
3: it. going over to Manskirt a couple times, and it was just like the joke. We'd go over there, and we'd pour it in, because he always pours right to the lip right with like, no lip. foam to it. Right. And whenever he would pour you a beer, he'd give you 20% beer, 80% foam. Be like, here's the, here's <laughs> the Warren beer. Warren <laughs>
2: yep. It wasn't that dramatic, but it was definitely more, more head than uh, than beer.
1: Well, that's where the German glasses come from, right? So the idea is the you Becker. want to have the head, but yep. you want to, you know, don't get ripped off. So they actually they force you to pour to that line.
2: Yeah.
3: But, um, that's a big deal in Germany. It's, German. a, it's a tax, a it's a finable offense. Yes. They they'll go around, similar. they'll actually have people making sure you pour to those lines, and if not, it's like, it's big money right. that you get fined. And then even in England, when you talk about North and South England, with the sparklers,
1: one of the reasons they throw the sparklers on is on a 100-pint task, you know, they can get 120 pints out of it when you got a sparkler on. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, so there's some games with that. With that, But I agree with you. I mean, a, f- a completely flat beer without the head is, I mean, if I pour that at my own bar at home, I'm really disappointed. So um, you, th- that's got to be there for sure. It makes a big difference. Um, obviously, you don't want that foamy beer when you no. walk into a bar and they clear the first beer right into your cup.
2: Yeah, that's That's always beautiful. a fun day, that's right? It, yep.
1: Oh, we got a glycol system. Yeah, well, thanks.
2: <laughs> yeah, how long, line, how long has that beer been in the lines yeah. for? Yeah. It's only been 24 hours. I won't, I won't mention,
1: but there is a bar local to me, and they were very, very good about it, but I was drinking Reichsdorf Kolsch, and it was tart. Mm. And so the first thing I did was I asked the bartender. I said, listen, I think you might have poured the wrong beer. He's like, no, watch me. I'll pour it. And they were so good, the guy went downstairs. He goes, I checked the keg. It's the right keg. And it turns out, I talked to the manager. They had, oh, I think it was an eight-pint pull for that line. Oh it, was pouring, it was pouring clear on the other side of the bar. And he brought it over. I'm like, that's a Reichsdorf. And it, would, it went sour in the line. Yeah. So they were really, I give them credit. They were really good. So the at lines were eight pints long? It was eight pints long, That's yeah. a hell of a line.
3: Phew. I've got long lines in my brew, but it's not eight pints. Eight pints is long. long, long looks balls. like you're not winning. Um, this is the Frambois, by feet. the way, the
0: Lindemann's Frambois.
1: <laughs> Frambois, so raspberry, correct? <laughs> yep. If so I know my French
2: correctly. Huh? <laughs> uh-huh. So this this beer pours a red, red cranberry-ish red. color with a pink, Very cranberry white off-white on. head. Red, red. Um... And it, it's a lingering uh, foam. Uh, you have Queen's Anne's lacing if you let them be. Um, and it's persistent. Uh,
1: Very persistent for something that's sour and has that acid to break it down. It's really yeah. sticking around.
2: And it's not opaque. It's quite clear for the color. I can make some things out on the end, but it's definitely red. Yeah. It, it's a deep, deep ruby.
1: Um, one of the things that's interesting here is I can't get a hint of the Lambic underneath that raspberry, though with a palm I could I could get a hint of lambic this is pure raspberry. pure raspberry this is all raspberry and, and and we've got a nice cold day here so my lips are a little chapped and that actually kind of stung <laughs> i feel like i might have a cracked lip coming up here
2: yeah if you drink this too fast and you have a problem with acid in your stomach you're going to get a stomach ache oh yeah for sure this is definitely um reminds me of like straight up cranberry juice from
6: mm. that's what he said it's just the sweetness yeah. that
2: sets it apart right, right. you it know it would be right there yep um and I'm not getting
1: any beer whatsoever out of this. There is no beer. No. This is pure Bartles and James. Yep, So In Mr. My brewer,
0: mind. Mr. Brewer Man, how do you make a lambic? Or a lambic.
3: Who, talking to me? Yes, oh, okay. <laughs> Brewer Man. Are you talking <laughs> to me? <laughs> There's a lot of other brewers here with more. We're not professional, though. Mr. Professional Brewer no, Man. professional Brewer Man.
0: Mr. Handsome, Star Wars-loving Brewer Man. Is that a little more specific one? I don't know. And
6: CrossFit. looking quite buff these days i
3: don't know if you know the beach is over that way (laughs) um i mean to make a a true traditional lambic is not easy um there are some simpler ways you can kind of make them kind of like doing you know sour beers and stuff in the u.s people a lot of people end up doing kettle sours because that's the easier way to get that tart flavor out of it there are definitely easier ways to go about trying to make the lambic style if you're trying to make them at home or trying or a lot of times trying to mass produce them but if you're really going for you know traditional flavors and stuff it's it takes time takes a lot of times is yeah i mean it's
1: you'd have to do a turbid mash right
3: i mean your brew your brew day alone would be long and then you have your long fermentation, and then it's a big aging process. You've got uh, so a lot you, of. L- you just introduced a concept we've probably never talked about before: turbid mash. Turbid
1: mash, right? So essentially, you're basically mashing. Uh, it's like a cereal mash with super undermodified grain, right? So the idea was back in the day, these lambics came from the fact that the grain were so undermodified that you'd have to mash it and boil it forever, right? Trying to get this thing to convert. And that became tradition and it gives specific flavors, but I mean, it's like the most undermodified uh, grain of all time. I don't know where you, where you would even get something that undermodified. Yeah, I don't
3: think you can, you'd almost have to make malt yourself right, in order to really get that under-modification now. Is that what uh, German though. chit
0: malt is though?
3: Um, that one I'm not sure, you got yeah, me for I'm, I'm not too sure on, on chit as to whether or not that actually come along that way. The, the closest thing on more regular use that people would see is like decoction style. But it, and that's but that's even more way more modified than what you would yep. go with on a uh, on a, a turbine mesh. I mean, this is um, like when when uh, when you use a lot of different cereal malts now. Um, if you're going with uh, or uh, different cereal grains, if you're trying to do uh, a beer with rice or a beer with corn, and you want to. Uh, you have to go through a sacrification you got to bring up and practically you have to heat up all this stuff to 172 beforehand to kind of puff the grains and stuff because they've never been uh, you know malted before that's kind of the slightly ever so slightly more than what this turbine mash would end up being because you have your they've gone just through the beginnings of your malting process maybe got a little bit of breakdown of some of your uh, what's it beta glue cans and stuff like that but it's it's you can't really get these sugars out without, like, you know, you were talking about boiling. Uh,
2: they're not fully sacrificed. Yeah. No, they're not fully transferred. So, um, also, I mean, un unfilled, unmalted wheat is usually used in this stuff too. Well, Correct.
3: That, yeah, they, and I think now, now if someone's trying to go through, they're they're more blending in modified and completely unmodified right. to try to get that middle ground that stuff. And it's usually Um.
2: cloudy as heck, milky. Is this the New England
0: IPA of the old world? (laughs) No. (laughs) How dare you, sir? So so
1: one of the things is I know a couple of people that have gone through the excruciating process of doing a turbid mash. It's a lot of work. Um, I've tried the beers. It's very nice. Yeah. But you know when someone's very proud of a beer and they trot it out. They're more proud of the mash than the, they are the beer. The yeah. process, they're right. more proud the of process. the process. They went through the process. It's like a triple decoction. Yeah. you'll yeah. never be able to tell it from a lineup. Nope. But it's the fact that the person put the time in. And not saying the beer is bad, but my goodness, that's yeah. a lot of work.
2: Yeah. It's it is a lot of work, but it, what it produces is the unmodified malts and the unmodified or the un um, malted wheat produce a lot of dextrins that are good for bacteria and botanomiasis. Hmm. And a lot of times, these old world breweries will open ferment too um, and allow natural yeast to get in there. And these natural wow. yeasts that come through are Britannamises being the main player. Uh, produces this lambic style ale.
3: Like like you said, you know, you have all these different lengths of your sugar molecules that come through and your regular yeast is going to ferment single, Correct. double chain, maybe some triples, but your Brett's going to come through finish those triples off for you, maybe do a little bit more, and then your bacteria is going to be able to come in too and do whatever they need to do on right. what whatever's left in there. But Spe- I mean, uh, I mean they, they can ferment so much more than a lot of times when, what your yeast really can ferment.
2: And Carl Carl said that, you know, it's uh, it's the old school uh, New England style IPA. Yeah, I think it's the original Cezanne, the original um, where they didn't have this technology to understand modification of malts. And they just went for it. And don't get me wrong. I think they decocted these mashes as well to get the melanoidins and the flavors in to have these Maillard reactions and build this really good base of a, a beer but it was um, the reason and, and from what i understand for the reason why they add the fruit is because alone lambex it takes a good palate or someone who is not going to be in our day and age um s- uh, like sniped from drinking that kind of a beer I mean, it's, it's definitely a special type of ale.
1: Well, so you bring up a couple good points here. Can we talk about the types of lambics that are out there? Sure. Sure. So right now we're trying the fruited lambics, which yes. are very good, very popular. You can get them, um, you know, both uh, Lindemans and uh, not Creek, um, what's the word, uh, Boone. Uh, help me out here.
2: Boone's Farm. Boone's not Boone's. Wine? Boone's Farm. Help me out. <laughs> Strawberry fields. Uh, well. Why am I
1: blanking on the name? <clears throat> I'll get back to it. But so essentially what you can pick up in...
2: in Lindemans in, is what I know as like the sweetest and the most palatized, like everyone's palates can handle. They are, they
1: are by far. But when you're going for the Lambics, you really can't get a true Lambic, a straight Lambic in the States. They're hard to find. Maybe Timmermans might have a few that you can get here.
2: How does, uh, how does, and that brings up a good point. Well, I'm getting off track here, but how does shipping and... Affect this kind of beer You know what I I mean I think
1: this one Actually ships really well Because I mean Everything you got And you mentioned the bread That's oxygen scavenger Yeah it is They're not gonna They're not gonna oxidize On the way over They're so hearty So they're gonna They're gonna ship pretty well Probably the best So you can get Your fruited lambics Your fruit lambics You can also get Something called farro Which is a blend of lambics With sugar So it's the same thing That you just mentioned It was the uh, People didn't like Maybe the footy taste of the lambic or mm. the bacteria taste. So they sweeten with sugar. So they sweeten it with sugar. And then there's the blends of various lambics called a goose. Not a goza. No, the goose. But G-E-Z-E. goose. G-E-Z-E. And uh, those are, uh, I find that you break them out for me personally once or twice a year, and everybody's very excited, until so they have to drink some of it. And then that excitement kind of. This is butyric
2: up. acid, in <laughs> goes, Isn't it? No, no, no. um, I I
1: noticed, by the way, you are the canary in the coal mine for vomit butyric acid flavors, because you can pick that up anywhere. It is definitely there, but normally not that um, sensible unless you're sensitive to it.
2: Um, it's going to be one of the flavors. song in my head. Canary in the coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about a vomit song. Yeah. Are you really? Are you? So oh. Carl just said oh. he's going to see Sting on the twenty-fifth. So anyway, um, thank you for that uh, information, and so. On your scale, you have a very refined palate.
5: Oh, well, thank you. You've
2: been doing brewing for as long as I can know, um, and for as long as I've been doing for as long as a lot of people have been. Anyway, uh, you took the test for BJCP. When Mm -hmm. you sip on a Lambic, what characteristics are you looking for, and what sets them apart from... The average, like you said, someone makes a lambic because they're like all proud of it because of the process. But what sets them apart from a good beer to a great beer? That's
1: a, it's a great question. Thanks. So I'll give you the first thing I've never had a lambic, a straight lambic, be entered in any BJCP contest because they are very hard. We did have a goose, and it's great that you brought up butyric acid because we were actually in the sour category. It was a Flanders Red versus the goose. And the reason why the goose won. Is that it had no butyric acid whatsoever. Hmm. It had, um, I don't want to say lemon drop, but it was a, a wonderful lemon Tart. Uh, lactobacillus type of flavor to it. It was clean, right? So sometimes when you have various bacteria in a beer, you can get a ropiness. Pediococcus can mm-hmm. make that. Yeah. So you get this uh, palate sensation at the back of your throat. It, it won't clear your palate. But you get a nice commercial example, it will always clear your palate like a champagne. Right. And this was just a wonderful example. Um, and we had a great time with it. So when I take a look at a lambic, the few times that we have, uh, always in the state of a goose, it had to do with the cleanliness. The flavor is almost always there. It's the slight off flavors from some bacteria that shouldn't be there, or a ropiness. So you're looking and for a
2: crisp finish. We're looking
1: for crisp champagne. <laughs> champagne should be the word, and a good, Brute not an andre. dry. A nice, dry champagne should be what you're looking for. And in fact, in Cantillon, they pour it for you right out of a, a pitcher, basically still, mm-hmm. essentially still at that point. And if there was any type of ropiness or thickness or texture problem, you would it would be all over you because there would be no car- carbonic acid or anything else to break through. Obviously, they're very proud of that, um, and it's fantastic. But that's what I'd be looking for, and I'd love to encourage people to enter more of these into contests
3: because... Boy, you'll win the you'll win the category with the goose if it's halfway decent. Nobody else is doing it. <laughs> I don't think but the big I, thing is, is to really educate yourself on the style to begin with, because there is not. It, it's it's a very big uh, process that you got to go through for your brewing process. But there's a big history behind us to learning why all these different things are done the way they are to have created that style and that process. And if you're trying to go for like what I was talking about before on more you know American style commercial examples of some of these things, you're never gonna hit all the different profiles of what you're really looking for and that you might hit like what, you know, some people believe or what is in there but you're not actually getting that style and you might be falling on some sort of intermediate that people are assuming is something and I think that goes into even one thing that we talked about in multiple shows ago is like, oh, okay, well, you know, what does it get to the point where someone's calling this a lambic so then all of a sudden it becomes a lambic because that's what the commercial example of people are understanding lambics are today, that's what it becomes and I th- I you know, for a beer with so much history is that one you Want to make sure that if you're going to go out there and put this beer together, you know its history and don't start bastardizing the style and creating right. a whole new thing. What I a, agree with you. W- what a wonderful
1: thing to say because, uh, okay, let me put it this way. I'm a continental beer guy. The American sours tend to be tooth melters, right? they mm-hmm. you know, take the enamel right off your teeth. And that's, you it's know, black, though. Yeah, minutes. well, we, we are a, a country of cool whip and Kool Aid, mm-hmm. right? So I get that we want that punch to the face, but you, you mentioned it, Matt. It's the subtleties that matter. It's about the layers and the subtleties. So even though when you're judging, I admit when you're entering contests, if there's a description of a beer, you want to hit those points, sometimes even exaggerate it, that can help you out. But with these crazy sours, you know, it, it, having a delicate hand and being elegant is what I think will win you every time.
2: You know, there, it's, it's few and far between. I think you guys are hitting on the right point here. It's very difficult to come across a judge who understands that nowadays. It's been a rush for homebrewers to get into judging. So we're pulling people in who are very new to this hobby, and we're trying to describe to them what they should be looking for. And sometimes they get romantically involved with the flavor because it's so tart and it's so outside the box that they think that they're tasting something that's original. And it's very hard to teach unless you've been around it for a long time. And Matt is exactly right when he says you've got to do your diligence to look at what kind of style you're brewing to understand what your expectations are in the other end. Now, the process of brewing is the same, too. And this also goes forward, too. I've been brewing for 25 years or a little bit longer. Um, but it took me a long time to understand. I've been here for five. This is a new system for me. It took me a long time to get used to that system, to brew to the style that I know I can brew to. And I'm sure it's like that for most brewers that are opening up their breweries. And we have an influx. We have over 100 now, right, in New Jersey. I think they've reached 100,
5: right?
2: 100 breweries in New Jersey. And I would say a good portion of those are people that have been brewing for maybe three, five years. And they're they're now going to open up and offer to the public. And it's going to take them some time to learn on their systems. And so when people go to these breweries and they expect to have really good beer, because people like you and I, Paul, have been around for a long time, we expect the world of these beers. And we have to give them a little leeway, I think. Because over time they will get better. Um.
1: It, it's absolutely true. You also have to remember the realities of running the business. And I'm looking your way, Matt. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like bright tanks, that's space. Yeah. Right. You and know, and so, I mean, a lot of times I'll walk into these breweries and I'll be like, wow, this is cloudy beer. Yeah, yeah. This is your, your cloudy Pilsner. Uh, I'm, I'm hurting a little. But
3: there's a reality to that,
1: right? There's a different but that's side also to production. When, I, when, brewing I, when too. I
3: look at it, you know, and when I first started, when I first opened the place up and people were like, oh, you're sticking it safe in the beginning. It's like, no, I'm learning my – I know how to make certain styles. And the beer I know how to make right. uh, a Kulsh. I know how to make an Amber Ale. I know how to make a Stout. I know how to make you know a Pale Ale. And right. those I can make to the T regardless on what system I'm on. So I'm almost using those styles as my base – to set my brewing it's ability built. on this new right. system and learn that new system. And then from there, I'm going to go to this other, I'm going to start moving on to other stuff. How many I get styles have you system. brewed
2: now? It's been almost two years.
3: I mean, it's, it's, I mean, yes, yeah, I'm sure, hundreds, so, I mean, a bunch of them are repeats of styles, but it's like new recipes on each. It's over 380. since yeah, so opening up. Dear God, that's but crazy. It's, uh, it, but the, the whole thing is, is, you know, if you're going to open up a brand new brewery on a brand new system and you're going to throw out these crazy specialty stuff, you don't know what you're <laughs> doing. Um, you may know that recipe. You may have done it a thousand times in your own homebrew system and all this sort of stuff. But at the same time, you know, if yeah. it's something crazy off the wall over the top, some high alcohol, something or another, or some um, crazy Belgian style, some, you know, it, it, you're gonna it's going to run gonna, into hurdles. You're, you're going to run into a lot of different problems because now you're making a complex style beer on a whole new system with a whole new process that you're trying to run through. And it's not going to come out the way you want it to necessarily come out. Um, but it's going to come out. It might come out tasting great. But now, are you going to have repeatability? Repeatability is a big thing,
1: right? So, so no smoked hellas as an opening, (laughs) opening beer. No, that's a big mistake. Double decocted smoke hellas. You (laughs) might be dumping something at that point. Maybe,
3: (laughs) Um, especially if you were going not for a smoked hellas and you're just going to burn it to the bottom of your kettle. Um, And that's where you got your (laughs) smoke character from. It was (laughs) smoke malt, and that's. It was. It was
2: supposed to be a hellas,
3: but I got some malt stuck to the bottom,
2: so.
5: (laughs) Turned out to be smoked.
3: You know, learn the process, <laughs> go forward, add on different specialty styles, and move from there. But the way that everybody wants something new, crazy, off the wall—that's that's making people jump onto these these huge things. Like down the road, I would love to get um, a Brett program going, a Sour program going, and everything like that. But I know that I need the space for it. Feasibility, yeah. Well, I need. That's the other.
2: That's the third leg. Like when you open up a brewery, you're looking at feasibility. Yeah. And cost of everything. So it's it's very difficult to even jump into something yeah, like that. Like
3: Down down on, on back of Tiger Street, we're looking at getting a, a second building right now, another right. 7,000 square foot building that I'm going to be using for barrel aging, cold storage, and possibly a bottling line down the road. And I'd love for, by the time I end up getting or needing a third building, I convert that building specifically into just a production. barrel aging facility. And that would be strictly for that will probably be my clean barrels. And then I turn the brewery that I'm at right now into this into the Brett and Sour facility. That's gonna be a funks facility because then I'm gonna have a bigger the third place would end up being the main um you know, fifty barrel system or whatever, making the year rounds and the seasonals. But and that one will be going around the clock burning through everything and then the other place is gonna be putting out, you know, the the more funky fun stuff to play around with, but then at that point, you know, those barrels that I use, there are third, fourth, fifth use, and I can just ferment stuff right in the barrels, get the character I want off individual small batch stuff, and just go wild, you know? So Isn't I have a fun?
1: money-making idea yep. <clears throat> off of your funk factory there. Why don't you can the air and sell it to brewers? <laughs> you can crack that open your spontaneous like, you know uh, bring it home yeah. crack like it the open anhydrous bush
2: fermenter. water crack <laughs> it open and just go like this over the top of it it's it's it's, it's canned air right out of space balls but water here we go i love it that's a money making. right it yeah, just open
3: up 5 dollar can of air
2: it's like uh, 12 monkeys when the guy opens up the and yeah. uh, the plane he's like oh you will be here you go
6: so what did you give us what do we got here yeah, we got something heavy I'm tasting a little cherries. I think I saw Weirbacher. Yeah, so
3: this one's just over the river over there, Weirbacher. Well, I guess we Easton. should probably
0: start with the with the discussion of the, today's topic, which wasn't lambics. It was no, I, I mentioned call... it early on. It okay. was
3: our dessert beers, little stuff that's a little bit sweeter, stuff that's yeah. got some uh, sweet fruity characters in it. Um, well, we'll be starting off right now, I guess, with the sweeter fruity characters, and then moving into some darker fruit characters right now, and we'll finish off with more uh, with chocolate notes. Um, but right now in front of us, we have as Blithering Idiot. Mm. Uh, they're over in Easton. Um, they've lately been specializing in more of their high alcohol stuff. They've been jumping back to some light stuff now in the past couple of years. But they were really known for a good while for all their stuff. Pretty much over 9%, 10% was everything yeah. that they were going for. They kind of yeah, cut Carl's off the regular stuff. Tonight. Yeah, their regular... Uh, me, I have offerings. to drive home people <laughs> <laughs> And this one here eleven <laughs> one And the
1: blithering idiot is not going to say hi? Is their barley one?
3: That's their the barley one. one Right, and then the Oh, wait a second Get over
2: here insanity, It's right? insanity, yeah right. Get over um, here So I got, I got a special guest coming on here He wants to say hi But he just told me something What did you say to me?
4: Black people don't go on, you know podcast and
2: radio. <laughs> uh, now we did, we did it, we did it. We got him on. Got
3: him. <laughs> New boundaries, <laughs> yes, breaking ones. <laughs>
2: that was our illustrious Andrew. Um, he is another home brewer of NJ hops. That's
1: a wrestling name. Yeah, illustrious, illustrious Andrew. Andrew. Illustrious Andrew. Yep, Look, that he's
2: using he uses the mash tun for like to his crushes. Enemies. He crushes enemies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, this, the this one. Is, is, is <laughs> the atomic mash is <laughs> his signature. The atomic mash. This is a <laughs> signature move. I love it. And Lowe's smash time. I love him. it. Just pours the hot mash over there. his opponent.
6: Bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, here's the big question. Yes. On this uh, this particular barley wine is it English or is it American? This is the barley no, wine. No, I'd, I'd say this more goes along the English side. I agree. This is 100% English. you got to oh, yeah. give Weierbacher credit. This is an
2: English barley wine oh, yeah. for sure. Right. Yeah. I got I got a lot of fusels out of it right away, but I didn't. And how do you well, know the,
6: And how do you know well, that? You're right. How do this, you know that difference? So it's, like it's,
2: it's hop usually hot character,
1: right? You're, okay. you're, there's no pine. So take a look at Bigfoot by Sierra Nevada. That's okay. like a quintessential American barley wine. 100% I, Chinook. Yeah. When okay. I drink uh, British uh, barley wine, I'm looking for that deep malt flavor. I'm looking for the old ale aspects, right? Obviously, the hops are going to be there. It's a big beer overall, but no pine, no Cascade.
3: Mm. That's no no yeah, yeah, catty flavors ball. whatsoever. This I'm not a big me. fan of American style barley wines. If I'm doing more, t- if I'm gonna do, because to me that American style barley wine is almost what some people would consider like, oh, it could be triple IPA esque. You know, you're getting to that point where it's just you're adding so much malt to something and then you're adding hops to it too, and before you know it, you either have that double IPA becoming a triple IPA if you want to call it that, and then, or. You are the American barley wine, and I think it depends on how much malt character is coming through in the background compared to it. But um, yeah. for myself, I'd rather brew a English style barley wine. I love the grain flavors. I'm more of a malt person myself, mm. and I love that caramel note in the back that's going to come through the you know crystal 120s, Figgy. special B malt fig, figs, yeah. dark uh, dark fruit, prune flavors, things like that. Um, they're going to be coming through in the back of uh, of a barley wine. Because if I'm going for um, hop character with something with more malt, I'm actually going to be adding the malt more for the alcohol side of it and kind of trying to get maybe lower caramel notes in there. And then the hop character is just going to balance the alcohol if I'm going for that triple IP. I feel like once you get big hop character in a big malt beer, they clash too much with each other and you get weird flavors.
2: It's funny, um, when I started brewing, the only barley wine that was available was English style. It's absolutely true. Um, And a lot of it was similar to this. Um, This, to me, has a lot of cherry and fig coming Mm -hmm. through. Even some plum. And a little bit of plum coming with that sweetness of plum coming through. And you don't notice the flavor of the hops whatsoever or the aroma of the hops, but you get that bittering aspect. And then the burn at the end. And that flavor of the malt comes through um, during that burn. And you could tell it's a big boozy beer for sure. It's got some legs, it's very thick. But I didn't have a Bigfoot until the turn of the century. Mm. And How I didn't dare you, sir. I didn't understand um, what I was tasting in the Bigfoot because I had a lot of what Matt was saying, big IPAs that reminded me of the Bigfoot. Mm. But the difference between a big IPA and Bigfoot, Bigfoot doesn't lose its characteristics over time. It kind of gains a little bit. With IPAs, they kind of lose their characteristics a little over time and they become more malty, like English style ales. Yeah. If you're not using, the, the base hops of you know the piney hops like Chinook or Simcoe or, even the Cascades and Centennials of the world, um, but this one you get the the Fuggles, the Target, the Challenger. Whatever kind of near noble, some near kind of noble, noble. Mm-hmm. some uh, near goldings, uh, in, goldings in here yep. somewhere. Um, and it's it's very delightful, especially after the second sip. Um, would
1: you, uh, would you guys indulge me if I told you a, a barley wine story? Sure. So, this is in, in loving memory of the old bay in, in New Brunswick, mm-hmm. one of the original, like yep. the original craft beer bar on the east coast. Yep, that was a destination. I was a Rutgers kid. And I remember I showed up there and my buddy was like you got to try this beer they only serve it in snifters. And that was this is god this is 1997. Yep. This is a big deal. It's 10. Right? And you know, I was like
5: <laughs> fuck you man. <laughs> <laughs> was, Suck so, my so I I wasn't 10 as I recall. Yeah, okay. And
1: um and I, I go into the place and we buy this thing. And it was some outrageous amount of money for like a uh, 12 ounce. It was something like yeah. like $6 in the college Ooh. town or something. Yeah. And that's expensive. Yeah. Holy shit. And I have to admit the first time I tasted it it, it, it blew me out of the water, but not in a good way. Like I was not ready for that whatsoever. Right. I had drank some Belgians, course dunk, things of that nature. Mm. But it was the first craft, like truly craft beer I had. And um, I just remember truly feeling like a gentleman because I'm walking around this. But everybody's got the pint glasses. So I've got this nice snifter. And, and I appreciate that memory. And, and so I was just over in New Brunswick, and the Old Bay is shut down. Yeah. And that sad, was a yeah. bit of a sad sight to see. Um, they always That's had sad. it every year, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. It's a shame. Mm. Yeah.
0: So so I know that the one thing about barley wines, and I I'm, I know next to nothing about barley wines, but I know Bigfoot, the big thing with, to do with that is to age it year after year after year, have it for, you know, I have the 2008 version of the Bigfoot, you know, and things yeah. like that. Is that. Would that be the same of this kind of? Sure. Uh Weyerbacher type of barley wine or a traditional British barley wine or really just the Americans that they do that with?
1: That's a great question. You guys mind if I feel that? Beautiful. So I would yes. say it it depends, right? So the bigger the beer the better it's going to age in general um, but if you take a look at some of the English barley wines, they're 8%, 7%. You'd be mm-hmm. surprised, they're a little bit smaller. Mm. Um, I forget what Bigfoot is but it's it's up there and of course this is Weyerbacher so this is 11%. <laughs> so this thing can age, you know, continually. Yep. So the British ones might be a little bit more delicate um, but again, probably five, six years, no
2: problem. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a, there's one out there that comes from, and I can't remember it comes in a big bottle. It comes out at Christmas time and you can age it. I think it's like almost 11%. It's like 10.7 or some ridiculous stupid number. And it comes out in a big bottle. And I can't remember the name of the company that does it, but it's English and it comes out year after year. And that's one that they can age. And, and,
1: and let's talk about why these beers age so well the reason why a big beer like this ages so well is a couple factors right normally they're not too hot based so if that hot flavor does um, go out on you you're going to have that malt backbone but these big beers you mentioned Warren some fusel alcohols those turn to sherry flavors when they oxidize right so you're going to have this bottle there's going to be some oxygen in it especially older bottles so you've got that cardboard uh you know oxidized flavor but these fusel alcohols along with some of the uh and the Maillard reactions in the malt will actually go to Sherry. And that is just very pleasing, obviously. So they age very, very well. That's
2: there. why we heavy, the, the Maillards and that and the alcohol content and yeah. that will age really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So.
5: I think she's um, going
6: well, it's only easy because ha- she doesn't want to go drive. drive. <laughs> I have to drive. But I, I love the Weibacher beers. Um, mm. I love what they put out. Um, One thing about them is that you can't
2: you can't go there. She, Without yeah, an Uber, right?
6: No, yeah, you got to be careful, but it's always a solid beer. Um, you get a lot of mouthfeel with it. I don't like a watery beer. I like a beer that's gonna kind of hit you and give you that mouthfeel. Fuller um, beer. A fuller beer, and uh, yeah, you you know this is boozy when you when you uh, sip this. <laughs> so, so
1: let's talk about what the the grain bill would be in this. Imagine, 11% can't, beer I mean, that also has imagine. a medium to you know medium full body. Yeah, that is yeah, massive. I mean, just for five. This has got to be one of those batches where you're 22 pounds for a five-gallon batch or it's something, be at least. Right, something huge.
6: To get that sugar out of it.
2: Yeah, I'd yeah. say you're looking at 22 Play-Doh to begin with, somewhere around there. Yeah.
1: So you got
3: to. I'd say
2: somewhere that. around 24, 25 pounds of grain. Yep. Base, okay, yeah. mostly base, probably all Maris Otter.
3: I mean, it might even be it might be higher than that. I mean, because if you're going for a, a higher uh, mash temp to try to keep it a little bit thicker and you're going to do a longer boil on it You're going to want to run off even more water to the side of this you know, I mean this might be a beer like on my system Most of my times if I'm going something you know over usually over 12% But if I'm going for A heavier beer like this at 11 I'm probably going to want to boil it down a little bit further So I'm probably going to throw in a little bit more Malt onto it. It could end up being a 13 barrel batch on a 15 barrel system, even though even with my oversized mash tun. Absolutely. I mean,
2: yeah. And I would I would actually throw in some simple sugar too, just to get the ABV down or to get the attenuation level down.
1: Something like treacle.
2: Like a little bit of treacle. Yeah. Yeah. Trickle some, some wins. kind of maybe some maybe some uh, light um, Belgian candy.
1: So that's where this is where I kind of leave my depth because I'm a big Belgian guy, right. and you're always pushing down your final gravity. To get these 11% apples, keeping your gravity high and getting 11% that's a that's, that's a doozy. that's a feat of itself. That's I mean, a doozy. Yeah. How do you
2: end up with you know 10:30 on the specific gravity scale with an 11%er? Right. How do you do that? It's 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 start insane.
0: Start at 11:30. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it good luck getting down to you know you know
2: what I mean. Like, so and getting 11%. Just, that's this tough. I just
0: went to uh, Megan and I just went to Big Woody's um, bar, whatever the hell it is. It's over in Pennsylvania it's, on. Um, on Sullivan Trail, uh, if anybody knows where the old Lanco was on yeah. Sullivan Trail in Forks Township, and Big Woody's is just a just a random sports oh, yeah, bar, and they is. have yes, great absolutely. beer there. Yep, it's do. like unbelievable, but they were serving oh. this Avery. You would six- never know that they had that beer. Yep, they had absolutely. an Avery sixteen point one percent. They would only serve it in five ounce glasses. I was just like, how the hell do you make a sixteen point one percent beer? How do you <laughs> do it? How is it possible?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the mystery behind that that Sam Adams beer that comes out every the two Utopias. years, the Utopias. So. I mean, yeah, but
1: at this point, it's uh, that's across. It's of whiskey, whiskey and shit. You know, it's yeah. definitely
2: yeah. whiskey. It comes across as whiskey. Yeah. Because you can't carbonate something that heavy, but.
1: And they're using uh, ice techniques for Are they too. really? Yes, I, I believe well, allegedly, know. right? So they're distilling,
2: basically ice distilling. Ice distilling.
1: There's something involved with that. Yeah. yeah,
2: and that's a felony in the United States. So um, unless you have a license for it.
1: Oh, so that's how the uh, Snyder Vice yeah. ice can come over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm learning here. Unless you have a
2: distillation license, yep. you can't. You can't do any of that. distil. And I must say that since I own a store. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, should we take a break? We'll yes,
2: uh, my eyeballs are floating. Yeah, some, uh, same here. Some milk, milk stouts. Oh, awesome. So uh, I'm looking forward to it because this is what uh, Matt brought, right? Yeah. Awesome. So when we come back, we'll have some Matt beer.
3: I think we'll do it side by side if we have enough glasses
2: so Matt uh, while we're on break why don't you talk about what's going on this weekend what's, that? what's going on on Saturday dude
3: just jump into that while
2: you have uh, St. Patrick's Day
3: uh, yeah uh, we got St. Patrick's Day going on this weekend um
2: what are you doing special?
3: We're uh, we're opening up early. Um, oh, you got the uh, eggs and kegs. Kegs and eggs. Um, I still have to actually go over to Carl and make sure that he's going to be okay for this because I talked to him originally but never confirmed anything. Um, but it's pretty much...
2: Is he going to use any of your beer for the eggs?
3: I'm not sure. Probably. it would be great. Uh, we'll open up at 9. Um, we'll have his breakfast menus and stuff like that over there. And... Uh, you know, you come in, order some food from him. He can deliver sprinkle, it over. You get little bones. beer and eggs 9 o'clock in the morning, it's on St. Paddy's Day.
2: It's a uh, breakfast of champions.
3: Oh, yeah, right. Can't go wrong with that. Also, maybe I'll, uh, um,
2: maybe I'll stop by.
3: Who, who is it? Uh, the Sizzle, uh, the new Portuguese the barbecue yeah. place in, uh, in town here. They're going to be doing. Thanks, uh,
1: Paul. They're going to be doing um, the. Uh,
3: okay. Ruben oh, okay. Empanadas
2: Yeah I saw that what They had as a special up there I was going to stop in My yeah. son had a play At the middle school Yeah So I parked Because there's no parking In the middle school I parked in front of the sizzle
3: Did you just fart? I did not fart I don't know But it smells like a fucking
2: <laughs> Someone just Someone just farted it wasn't it was was it me. me
3: It was not me uh,
2: Anyway I parked in front of the sizzle And they said You know Ruben Empanadas I'm like ooh They sound delicious Ruben
3: Empanadas Yeah right Really Really fucking good the sizzle, by the way, fan, phenomenal. Yeah, it's really good food. Um, yeah, it's kind of a shame But they're going to be doing that on uh, on this Saturday also, and they're actually, I think, they're going to have a spot over at the brewery. And I only drink cool. carbs these days.
4: I, don't, I haven't eaten a carb in three months.
3: You uh, you need to have these. In. I might.
4: I, I, I <laughs> one day I went nuts. My wife was had a stomach virus. Yeah, it was pouring rain. It was in February. And I'm like, Lighter I need to eat. So I, I, ate a whole, I ate a whole pizza by
2: myself. Just so drinking all day. Yeah. I'm like,
4: fucking off system today. The the
2: okay. We got somebody else's here. I wonder so whose it is.
3: No? Yeah, uh, I think
4: he's just grabbing stuff out of Adam's car. Oh, okay.
3: I think so. Yeah. I can tell. Gosh.
2: I think uh, Don's going to sit in real quick.
4: Is it? I, I, I know nothing.
2: I know nothing either. I'm sitting here we done. What, what, what does that change, though? That you'll
7: be making fun of me? Yeah. I can't fight back
2: now. Well, we always make fun of you.
7: Yeah, but you make fun of me about stuff I know about, I can fight back.
3: Okay, so, uh, while well. well, we have uh, stuff going on over here. Oh, boy. Um, We're kinda you know, maybe back. I'll, yeah. No, me and Warren have been talking. We've been talking. That. Just watch the wire. Mm-hmm.
2: Big Earl? You <laughs> out of here? Yeah, I'm... Okay. You me? you, man. Thanks for coming to the meeting, man. We'll see you next month.
0: The darker one, the lighter one is match. Lighter colored one is match. This is match.
3: Okay. Okay. So uh, what we're doing here right now on our chat on dessert style beers is we got uh, two beers.
4: <coughs>
3: uh, bless me. Um, got two beers Stoutello. here going on right now called one Stoutello.
2: Is that from Bolero?
3: No, this is from Knee Deep Brewing Company deep. over in Auburn, California. Um. It is a chocolate hazelnut milk stout, 6% by volume, 40 IBUs. Um, and the other one by the illustrious, magnificent Zigmeister Brewing Company. Um, not telling you, own word. Uh, Tier Masu milk porter on nitro, uh, 5.2%. Um, and the idiot doesn't list his IBUs on his can. So. But it's a milk porter with chocolate, vanilla, and uh, coffee. Um
0: so one's chocolate vanilla coffee, the other one is hazelnut Hazelnut chocolate. and chocolate.
3: Yep. One's a milk porter, the other's a milk stout. Um, so we wanted to kind of compare these two uh, dessert-esque beers side by side. One from East Coast, one from West Coast. It's an
0: East Coast, West Coast rap showdown. Here.
3: So Wrapped
2: Biggie can Smalls. battle. Biggie Smalls and
3: Tupac. And Tupac.
2: You got the Biggie Smalls there, buddy.
3: So just the aromas off the two of them I mean nitro alone is going to not put as much aroma out uh, compared to the other but big big aroma on knee deep
5: I'm going to give
2: a shout out to uh, talk about Biggie Smalls and Tupac there was a show that was just on USA I think it was USA that was about the investigator who investigated the Biggie Tupac controversy Oh,
4: the guy who didn't do anything?
2: The guy that found out it was the crime between the two. Um, the guy that played the part, his name is Jimmy Simpson. He's a graduate of Hakistown High School. And uh, he actually brewed here in Homebrew University a couple couple years ago. But uh, he's been all over the, the, the TV. He's been an intern for Dave, um, late night Dave Letterman. Letterman. And he's been doing all kinds of things with Sky, uh, Psych and all different kinds of things. He's been on um, Netflix. It's always sunny in
7: Philadelphia. Sunny
2: in Philadelphia, yep. Yeah, he's been around. So um, he just got the star role in this USA Today um, documentary movie. And it just aired last week, I think, or two weeks ago. So here's to him, East Coast, West Coast battle. We got the East Coast, which is a light brown porter.
3: How much alcohol in it? Uh, five two, I think five. 5.2 yeah. 15.2 ounces. The. Uh, it uh, I believe it does have a little bit of brown malt in there.
2: Now, have you done a side by side?
5: What's that?
2: Have you done a side side by side with the way that you nitro your beer in a can compared to the beer that's not nitroed in a can? To I have not
3: compared it off tap. If
2: there's anything different.
3: I've not compared it off Nitro Tap to Nitro Can. Um, so one of the things about a lot of the beers that I make is I like it to taste like beer and then have other flavors go in the <laughs> background to it. Um,
2: beer first.
3: So you're not smoking mirrors then? Yeah. I try not to... Like, no peanut butter porter for you? <laughs> and if I'm doing a peanut butter porter, it's going to take a porter beer, first. Yeah, no, bit of I yeah, no, okay, yeah. Um, So... The flavors you're gonna get in the back of here—it's not gonna. This beer isn't meant to be a slice of tiramisu cake necessarily, but it's supposed to have the flavors coming through, reminiscent what you're gonna get in a tiramisu, piece of tiramisu, but it's still gonna be a porter.
2: It's one of your popular
3: beers. Yeah, you this is. And then or drink
5: some
4: porter. It'll pair well with a, with a
3: piece of tiramisu as well. <laughs> um, it'll complement it well.
5: How, how do you do nitro on a
3: can? We do dosing. Uh, nitrogen dosing. So if you saw Instagram today, you would have seen it. it. Yep. So we carbonate it to a low 1.8 volumes of CO2. And we fill the can up with it, drop a little dollop of liquid nitrogen into the, into the uh, can and throw a cap right onto it. And then as the liquid nitrogen goes into a gas, it just pressurizes the shit out of the cans. <laughs> and uh, that big pressure differential... When you crack the can open and pour it out, helps knock out all I the nitrogen.
0: I take it the canning line is good at doing that, like that's a dosing by the canners or no? Yeah,
3: yeah. Right. yeah. I'm not individually yeah. scooping out a spoonful <laughs> of each. Here's a
2: dropper. <laughs>
1: is that an extra fee? <laughs>
3: uh, it takes a little bit longer, and then you got to pay for the extra. You got to pay for the nitrogen, which typically wouldn't be in the beer. So.
2: The beginning of the process takes a little bit longer, right? They have to dial it in. Yeah, dialing it in is a
3: is a <laughs> bit of a bitch. Um, but in comparison between the two beers that we're having here right now,
2: yeah, no. So I'm here's what I'm getting out of okay. yours. I like yours a lot. I, I, it's easy to drink. It's got the porter flavor up front. The coffee's done extremely nicely. There's no green peppers in it whatsoever. It comes through through uh, through and through. Blends well. You have a little bit of vanilla in this too mm-hmm. it blends well with the vanilla vanilla is actually an accentuator to the coffee but that chocolate porter comes through mainly as chocolate porter mm-hmm. um, with a little hint of coffee vanilla and that's exactly what you were looking for and I think you, you hit it right on the number
3: yeah these are the cacao nibs straight vanilla beans yep um, and I think it, I
2: think it did well with that blend that blend is coming through really really nicely um, Coffee's not easy to do in beer especially yeah. when you use a ton of it that's what
4: I
5: do. I'm Sometimes I, it's, no, keep, no keep talking I, I, Talk I,
4: I, I find that most coffee beers are so coffee dominant that I don't care what style it is that's all you taste yeah. um, you know the coffee in this is very very mild you get the porter first you get the sweetness of the tiramisu but you also get the, the coffee like background
2: right is, and the funny thing is is that when I smell this I'm smelling beer coffee and vanilla all together when I smell the other one I smell peanut butter porter.
3: Yeah, that's a honest, uh, that's what I was first pulling out when I was smelling between the two of them, and that's why I was like, you know, we should probably try mine first because I have a feeling. Once you drink this other one, it's going to yeah. coat Bullet your tongue and you're never yeah. going to be able to taste yeah. It, yeah. it. It's
2: like almost like um, what's that peanut butter puffs? When you open up a box of yeah. peanut butter puff cereal, it's that scent that you get from the peanut butter yeah. puffs.
3: And this this reminds me a lot too when we had when we did that peanut butter beer tasting. Yeah, a lot of them. Had this All aroma to it, and the, I think the one that we knew that had the PB two, had this this, this aroma this to aroma. it, and this, this has this a, is hazelnut. This is hazelnut, yep. but Do you I pull think the
0: hops out of that aroma uh, out of the this
3: out of uh, this one. No,
2: I'm just getting.
4: Unfortunately, I'm, I'm getting chemical peanut butter and
2: hazelnut. I think that hazelnut.
3: that overbearing that PB two sort of dry nut dust comes through in the aroma
2: well we have two new guests now we have joe who is a member of uh, nj hops who's sitting in and that was his voice you're talking about uh the matt's beer and and the the one that he's trying now the west coast one and then we yeah, have we have uh don who is yet to join the club who is just starting his venture into craft beer really um limited knowledge about craft beer but he's been <laughs> he's i've known don for many 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 years he knows his beer um and i'd like to see what kind of gauge you got because this is this is refreshing to see someone who doesn't usually normal order these kinds of beers what beer out of these two would you choose like right now i'm getting in the back end i'm getting the stout flavor but it took several minutes for me to get that stout flavor in the back end of my Off milk.
3: the off the stout off yeah. the milk stout
2: no uh, yeah off the stout yep not the porter. I <laughs> gotta get the roast. Go ahead.
7: What I, what I have here in this uh, this West Coast one here—that's the milk stout.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have to talk closer uh, to the mic. A to
7: oh, sorry. I'm trying to use my inside voice. I got that <laughs> Italian outside voice. Yeah. Use the Italian sorry. outside voice. Uh, you're gonna want to lower your volume here. All right. No, so. Uh, <laughs> keep okay. talking. To that. Yeah. All right. The
5: old bass drum
7: over there. What? What I. What I what I have in this, uh, this milk porter, uh, to me, I'm not, I'm not a giant hazelnut fan. I don't like hazelnut coffee, hazelnut creamers, those little Ferro Rocher, if mm-hmm. I'm even pronouncing that right, uh, those little candies, those hazelnut candies. Forget it. Nutella. Don't even want to bother with it. Um, so, to me, the hazelnut in this is just overbearing. If you like hazelnut, you're probably going to enjoy this. Um, but Warren is right. You do catch that beer flavor way on the back end. Mm. Um, it's almost like uh, if you're eating uh, uh, certain types of spicy food where you are you eating, you're like, ah, I just really know. Oh, there it is. Uh, you, you get that way at the end. Well, almost when you're done with your meal, now you got your, your spice and your flavors coming through. Uh, and, and that's what this is. You got your beer flavor coming through on, on way on the back end. Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, the tiramisu is it, you, Absolutely right. You taste beer first, and then you get the little coffee flavors, uh, the vanilla, everything that goes goes into that uh, tiramisu. You get that later on, and you know not not to sound like uh, you know, I, I'm I'm poking fun here, but like if it was, you know, do you look at you think of it as, as a dessert thing. Like, well, not I'm not the type of person that's into like drinking my desserts. I'm, I'm more of a an eating type of dessert person and I
5: couldn't tell yes I know
7: we (laughs) take after each other yes Um, but seriously this this tiramisu one get yourself um, you know a bag of Oreos sit down with this tiramisu beer and you can go to town on it and you'll love it It, it, it's great Uh, uh, you know I don't know how donkey would work out but hell I'm up for anything (laughs) I give it a shot
2: I mean the the tiramisu to me is very quaffable doesn't linger. It's easy to drink. It's unobtrusive. It still has that chocolate, the vanilla flavor that's coming through it. And the coffee's done really nicely. I can't stress that enough. I've had so many lousy coffee beers. Oh, yes. Praise. It just tastes like green pepper or over-coffeed or just not done properly. That It's very difficult. and a lot, What I was getting at earlier, a lot of people don't realize that technique has everything to do with it. And it's a learning curve. So if you're thinking about doing coffee... Your first batch isn't going to be stellar. Yeah. Your second batch might not be stellar. Your third batch is getting better, but the fourth batch, the fifth batch, the sixth batch, you should be able to dial in what you're looking for in this. And it takes a while. Mm. I mean, how many coffee beers did you go through? Oh, plenty. Christ, Matt, we brewed here before you even opened. I mean, that's I, I why I brewed like so much over here with you. 200 batches. We, I, brewed, so it was like, I
3: brewed tons, you know, just on my own at home, home brewing and everything like that, but I knew before coming over here. I want it to be brewing on your system, brewing on Hackettstown water, water you yeah. know, and because water chemistry and coffee are going to really pull out different flavors, you know, depending if you're soaking it on beans, you're doing cold brew, you're doing whatever, right? doing grinds, uh, or, or, you know, the ground, the ground bean instead of whole bean, you're going to pull out so much different types of flavor depending on your water, and...
2: I know there's cold steeping, there's ground coffee, there's whole bean, there's making coffee, adding coffee in the fermenter, adding coffee in the boil. There's so many different techniques that you can use, and you have to really understand each of those to get to what you need to get to. It's not easy. It's just like making coffee at home. How Mm -hmm.
4: many times have you brewed a pot of coffee at your house before you got it right to know exactly how many scoops you need to add with your water? Yeah. Same thing. I think after the I'm tenth curious. one,
2: you start counting the scoops because you're like, "All right, enough is enough." Yeah, yeah. That's I need wonderful. to really dial in. My house goes. is
4: seven <laughs> and a half <laughs> scoops, one scoops one six no, cups of thinking. water. There you go. I know exactly <laughs> what the formula is, and you know, it, g- going back to the two beers, it's you know, the, Matt's tiramisu. It's yeah, it's beer first, with the nuances in the background, which I like because mm-hmm. I don't want the nuances to dominate anything. Because mm-hmm. if I'm doing a dessert beer. I want the desserts to dominate, the beer to complement.
2: Well, I have to tell you this, too. Like, We have a symbiotic relationship, Matt and I, with the brewing, and I get a lot of the same customers he does, and I get a lot of customers coming over here looking for the launch, looking for the, does Matt have his tiramisu on, looking for that kind of thing. and um, yeah, I, think I can two, tell you it's
3: a sought-after beer. The two, the two big beers, and we put both, were putting both in nitro. Uh, this one, uh, the tiermisu milk porter, and then the next one coming out is the uh, strawberry cream ale, and both of those are really look forward to. We only made them last year. We didn't put them in cans; just had them on kegs. And did you
2: ever brew with them, or, a, I mean, blend them together?
3: We did. We made the uh, Neapolitan blend. Yeah, Neapolitan. We, uh, we layered amazing. them out on both. Both of them on nitro. We layered them out in a, can, in, a in a glass. People loved it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's a good thing. And then the, the strawberry cream always comes out good. Something that's very, very, like Matt and I made that. We did this. We did several variations, right? We did the strawberry. We did the cream. We did blueberry mm-hmm. for the 4th of July last year. And they went really well. Yeah,
3: people love that.
4: On, on the knee-deep one, I don't know if it's the hazelnut funkiness coming through or if it's A very very late hop flavor that comes through as you drink
2: it. So I'm I'm on a knee deep. I'm getting the roasted coffee barley in the back end.
3: A lot of roast. I think that's why you're you're, when you're talking about how you know you get that stout on the finish. I think it's a very heavily roasted beer. Yep. And you get that roast chocolate with the hazelnut in the beginning, and the roast continues through. And as the other flavors drop off, it continues. Ashtray. Yep. It's
2: that typical ashy ashy. I don't get the, the the old school
4: ashy porter taste to it.
2: It's not so. It's it's not so much porter. It's it's the roastedness. It's the definitely sweet roasted barley that I'm getting from it. And it's the it's that lingering ash. That's not as harsh as ash can be, but it's there. And it's not palatable to me. Not friendly. Hey, come on over here. Say goodbye to the folks. Thanks, Paul, for uh, for stopping in and giving us your two cents and.
1: I'd like to thank you for having me on, Warren, and the entire West Club here. It was a pleasure, and uh, I'll come back anytime you'll have it.
2: And uh, good luck tomorrow. You have your meeting tomorrow, correct?
1: Yes, we'll be holding the East meeting over in Bhutan, So.
2: And that's the second Thursday of every month?
1: That is correct, sir. All
2: right, so we have the the East chapter of N.J. Hops meets the second Thursday of every month, and then the West chapter meets the first Wednesday. And last week we had a snowstorm, so we're on the same week as the East this, this year, or this month. No, next month. Uh, if you're free tomorrow, come out and join them tomorrow. You probably uh, the show won't be up, show, show <laughs> won't be up <laughs> tomorrow. But Carl's staying up all night. Next month. To put this out. <laughs> next month. Keep that in mind. First Wednesday, if you're closer to Pennsylvania, and the second Thursday, if you're closer to New York City. All right. Thank you so much. All right, man. Thanks again. Always it's a pleasure. Well. Yep. Thank you me. do the same. Take it easy, be man. safe. Have a Thanks safe well. drive. So that was pretty cool. I think. Uh, I think we should have the East more involved. With our, oh jeez, what's this one? With our cast again, we should go out there, make an east presence. Maybe get some people over there because, uh, from what I understand, <coughs> um, the dip has occurred in home brewing. We've seen yeah. a downturn in home brewing.
0: Is that because there's craft brewing? there's
2: a hundred craft beers? There's uh, seven thousand breweries yeah. in New Jersey now. You can't even yeah. keep track. Um, but we've seen this happen before, and it always does turn around and rebound. Uh, it's cyclical. In, in my view, it's always been cyclical. And one of the reasons why I have brewing on premises is specifically for that reason, because uh, you can't always count on sales in the front end. Yeah. But in the back end, we'll, we'll, do, we'll brew and brew and brew for people that want to learn how to do it, and there's always a, a party for that. So.
3: I and mean, I feel like when, when craft beers are really hitting back in, you know, ales were the big thing, and then it moved forward from there. And I think right now it's getting to the point where you know, the fruited-out IPAs are the becoming really beaters, big. beers, right? Yeah. But also, in the other side of it, um, uh, craft lagers are really coming back. People really want to craft Pilsner. They want to craft Hellas, right. They want to craft Kolsch. They want something uh, that's light and easy to drink that's made by a small local brewery right. and not the big guy. It's uh, pretty funny. That so I think seeing that kind of go all the way back around where it's like, oh, okay, I want something different than a Pilsner made by a big guy all of a sudden these small guys pop up making all these ales, all the flavors explode of all these different ales you can make. And then all of a sudden it comes back around to this, you know, light, easy nice. drinking beer again that people want to try. But, but now they're looking for it from, from the small guy. Yeah. So. It's cool to cool.
2: see. Um, last year, I'm sorry, Joe, last year there was a, a, a bunch of articles in the springtime that the summer beers were going to be the lagers, the craft lagers, craft lager, craft lager, craft lager. I don't I can't tell you how many articles I read that that was going to be the turn, and it never happened. Yep. It just never happened. And all of a sudden, with this turn of events, with all, like you said, Matt, all these designer, complicated, fruited, high alcohol content, juicy, cloying beers that are coming out of the market that everyone loves to get, they're, they're starting to seek these lighter ales. And you know what? <laughs> It happens you get fat off of those types of ales off the lagers you feel like you can have a bunch of them right sessionable it's ales just,
3: it's just the you, you it, clean it's, flavor it's almost like it's like, yeah. it's like a rocket launch and you get to the point where it's like okay you know how much flavor can you take in your beer before you go back down on the, on the downturn right and then it's going to kind of just keep on rotating through eventually you'll get sick of having so much light flavored stuff and you want some more flavor again you're only going to get up to a certain point and it's going to go right back around some people all the way up through these fruited cocktail beers and everything some people it's just going to be you know an english ale a barley wine you know a belgian style beer and then back around to you know i'm a a true heavy believer
2: in seasonal brewing um there's like right now i am not in the mood for any more of these dark beers i'm in the mood for like Loggers and my box and pilsners and kolshes and it's starting bo- to get into the box season, in, into that yeah. season. It's it's funny that that happens, and then in the summertime, I'm sure I'm going to change again. But then come late summer, I'm going to be sick of this. I am want to go right back into the heavy brown ales oh, and yeah. stouts and porters. When I see uh, what you're talking about, I, I I think what you're some of what you're talking about. No, I shouldn't say that. Shouldn't put words in your mouth. But I think there's a secular clan of people that tend to just stick with IPAs or like the late New England IPAs and trying to get to that like right now there's that craze going on with the glitter IPAs or putting food grade glitter in their beer wait 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 yes it's it's
0: like Goldschlager
7: yeah, no, yep. it's yeah. Actually it's more. It, it, Go- it Goldschläger and
3: I are a bad conversation. It's, a, it's like a nitro you know, you know those?
7: Don't don't don't.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know you know when you see a thing of like you know this a lava color lamp
2: or soap, a lava lamp and soap. Yeah, well, there's yeah. that
3: one
4: wine that's like vo- box or
1: But
2: it's, no, just now. It's yeah, late. It's this new the, this new new fad. There's a brewery in Jersey that does it. I forget what the name of it is. But they they have it and they're gonna put it on draft and you get a glass it looks like a just a clouded mess of glitter. Good, I hope it ruins your intestines. You know, I it. just wonder what your pee looks like afterwards. Uh, I don't know, um, but do no, mind like that. New... What
7: about uh, the other end? Yeah. Right, yeah. the other yeah. end. Now, now, little sparkle shit. That's
2: really Hell cool. Yeah. Make your shit sparkle. <laughs> Look, I shit gold. But I mean, that's. <laughs> I can imagine I mean, the face. You no, know, there's posts. A, there's a lot of that going on. And, <laughs> oh. and, Look at this! Look at this
4: bowl spanner—it's glittery. Yeah. Instead, you of, take instead a picture of of Instagram and Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Instagram before you know. and after. You're, you're going to
2: clean your toilet in your store, and you're like, I can't get this glitter off my bowl. You know, it's just I everywhere. Stripper exploded in my toilet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like one of those. What is that? I only that-
3: pair my glitter beer with my spicy tacos. <laughs> 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 oh, God!
2: <clears throat> what's the uh, What's the troll Vegan, the spicy and trolls? Exactly. There's a troll and trolls that farts and glitter, right? That's that's exactly oh, what's Jesus. happening. Yeah. Um. So we got something poured here. What would you pour here?
0: Southern tier, thick
3: mint. Thick mint. It's
2: definitely mint.
7: <laughs> All right, it smells like a box of Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, It's, right it's, lit- it it's, it's like a like thin mint. mints right yeah. here. It's,
3: it's an, an imperial stout. Very smells like beer. But I want to add. Tina came little here and made a
0: step. It's a 10% Imperial Stout.
3: That's wild. So, and Tina we got a full pint of
2: it. No, <laughs> uh,
7: This Tina, is literally a liquid Girl Scout cookie. Yeah. Tina
2: no came lie, here. You liquid, tasted it?
5: If you if you were to you take, you tasted it or you just? It even know. says no, 20 no, proof, proof too, on the, the
7: bottle. To me, it takes you get you get the beer bite a little bit on the back end, but the initial sip from me is just
4: all Girl Scout cookie. No
7: lie, you you. What is it? Will it blend? And then you took the box of Girl Scout cookies and dumped <laughs> it in. And like, yeah. If they could do this with the Samoas, I'm hooked.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah.
7: that's my <laughs> cookie know, right wrap, there. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. that's it, it,
0: Southern it's like tier. <laughs> coconut do
2: chocolate. It. Do it. Yeah, it. southern tier. I think it's, it's coconut chocolate,
0: chocolate, chocolate caramel,
4: right?
2: Yes. Coconut chocolate caramel. There you go, yep. Matt. There's your next challenge. one. Challenge.
3: Challenge for you, Southern, Southern Tier. Southern Tier is good. Let's
2: with do the it. They have their imperial. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta, you let yeah. me know, I will come down. Toasted uh, coconut uh, caramel chocolate. My, Porter. On nitro.
3: But getting it That's to come sexy. out in a flavor like this, <laughs> yeah. it's insane. Well, first off, I gotta Jeez. I gotta change your scale over from from regular to to metric, yeah, so that, that way I put twice the amount. Matt, there you go. Uh, so I put twice the amount of malt in there, so that way we get a nice thick, thicky, thick beer to begin with. That's
2: awesome! I'm so happy that you yeah, brought I'm that saying. up. That's so cool.
4: Yeah, no, this is a. So you know, here, here's
2: what I get out of this: I get a stout after I just rinse my mouth out with aim. I just brush my teeth with aim, and I'm drinking a stout.
3: I to me, It tastes I, like. To
2: yeah,
4: me, it, I'm, I'm drinking a stout that. All of a sudden, my, my, my delivery of Girl Scout cookies came, and I couldn't help yeah. myself. And this is this is my, the aftertaste I'm getting. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just, it's there.
2: So Tina came here. She wanted to do a, a chocolate mint stout for Christmas one It didn't one come year. out like this. No. <laughs> it's, it's we put like two the ounces. Story over. It didn't come out like We put two <laughs> ounces of mint extract in her beer, <laughs> and oh my God, it tastes like
3: Death? Mouthwash. <laughs> mouthwash. It tastes like ice cold because oh, freeze yeah. the Thin Mints, Yeah. they,
7: you know, I mean, a little... I, I, I mean, expect this, I expect this beer amazing. to have a crunch. But like, the like,
3: flavor that comes out, I expect like it, this beer to have a crunch. I should be yes, <laughs> like,
7: absolutely. Like, like you, a, you need to chew this, not swallow it.
4: Yeah, like a protein shake that has, like, chunks in it. Like, I expect to be chewing it yeah. as huh. I'm drinking it.
2: Maybe we should put some sparkle glitter in there. No, no,
4: no. Yeah.
7: <laughs>
3: what are get, those
2: guys, what are the men that look for the my little pony what are they called <laughs>
3: bronies bronies yeah
2: <laughs> what the bronies it's the bronies beer that's what, uh, that's the next beer we should make is a bronies beer called sparkle pony yeah like sparkle like pony. the skit
4: from uh, portlandia sparkle yes, pony yes 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 yeah but i want to get back to what you were talking about before about the the where the overabundance of flavors and everything else where everyone's looking for the newest and biggest thing and now people are actually regressing or not regressing but going back to more classic styles for me, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's, you reach a threshold of how much shit can you put in a beer to to draw people in to, to drink it before you actually like, fuck it enough, I need standard beer again, Yeah. which is where I come, it's like, I'll try like all the crazy shit once in a while, but the people who do it constantly, I don't understand how they do it. Like, I need a palate cleanser. Yeah.
2: Um. I mean, what would you rather brew, Matt? I mean, would you rather brew something that's... Classic like, style, like all like muddled with all kinds of flavors, or would you rather just brew a, a, a classic style to a tea and like for it's it's harder I think for you to ta- to answer that question because you are not brewing for yourself you're no, you're brewing but, uh, for people.
3: No, but it's still I mean it. You look at the the overall what I put out for the brewery, and you see that I'd say ninety percent. You're still on par with normal beer. It's all classic style stuff. I mean, um, within the past four months, let me see. Yeah, that'd be November. I've put out um, a English style barley wine, a barrel aged Scottish wee heavy, a uh, Imperial Stout, a German Schwartz beer, Mm -hmm. a German style Rauch beer. Um, I am in the process of brewing, or it's in the it's lagering right now, a pilsner and a Bach um, The a Bach. tiramisu milk porter is probably the furthest crazy at the moment that I've gone. That and the New England style IPA that we put out. Right. Um, and then you know the year-round styles in addition to that: Kolsch, pale amber stout, and you know West Coast IPA. You just
2: got done with fifty-two different styles of stout. Yeah. Um, normal stuff wouldn't be found in stout. That
3: um, normal. But that that's more of a a play to the stout style itself. Right. I, I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, this, okay, yeah. you know, you have a light beer, you can put a lot of flavors into a light right, beer. Right. Oh, you have a stout, you can put chocolate into a stout. You know, you can maybe make a coffee stout. Uh, a milk stout. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, but. I feel, you know, you can put so many different flavors into these roasty, big-bodied, you know, flavorful beers. And we show it by, every year, putting 50-plus different styles together. Right. Spices. um, All these different spices, all these different flavors. And all of them are natural. Savory spices, spicy spices. But it's all natural stuff. I don't put any, you know... Extracts Natural or anything fruit, into it. Not, uh, all that yeah, stuff. I yeah, peel that, the yeah. oranges, you yeah. know. I'm yep. for doing raspberries. I'm crushing frozen raspberries, you know. Right. I'm adding, you know. Well, you got a, you got tea got a freezer full of stuff, stuff yeah. there. Yeah, so it. It, it's you know, I'm, I'm I'm cutting and muddling up the mint to add to you know the mint chocolate, and it's you know, cacao and for the chocolate extracts and yeah. stuff. So, um, but it, it it's just you know my way of showing it's like you know it, it's not just a cream ale or a blonde ale that you can you add fruit to for the it. summer or a, or a sour that you can add fruit to or some other stuff to get multiple different flavors on, you know, a base style beer. And it's, you know, at that point, at that time of the year, it's just stouts are what people want. Right. And uh, to have absolutely. A celebration th- for it fits th- really good I, I, during a nice cold day. I don't mind day, having you
2: know, I don't mind having that. I of course I'm a beer lover, so I don't mind having many anything beer and, right. and and having a, a a stout festival in the middle of February is I mean, something it's to look Forward, for it. it's something. I mean, not that
3: to. I don't want to drink a stout during the summer because right. I love stouts. and That's why I keep them on year round. Yeah. I'm not going to have a stout fest in August. I'm going to have a stout fest in right. February. No, I like <laughs>
4: I like stout fest because it's a uh, what's the what, the what are they five six usually the, the whole gamut on that that day
3: percentage wise. Oh, they're they're about five percent. Yeah. yeah. So getting, getting we do a couple imperials, but every for the most part, just about every one of them is right around five yeah. percent.
2: Getting back to this stout, there's not a lot of head retention on it. You know, it does it fades pretty quickly, but it leaves a lasting ring of foam on the side. Looks like it's ever petulant, which means that it's going to be carbonated through and through. Your whole beer it doesn't go flat. Um, the first thing that comes into mind when you're smelling it, Don. You're right, is that mint chocolate that comes through. But then I'm, I'm getting a lot of rose characteristics and and a lot of. Sour acid, acrid in the in the end product. I'm not quite sure if that's the mint and, or, or if it's just the, um, the the dark malts coming through. You know, I think p- it's
3: a mix of the dark malts and a little bit. I, no, I don't know if carbonic if acid. Is what, I don't know if this is what Southern Tier does with a lot of their stuff. But lately, a lot a lot of what I've been drinking, uh, a lot of the Southern Tier that I've been having, a lot of their flavored beers tend to have that extracty quality to them and a lot of times these extracty beers come with those Those slight after flavors and stuff um i think it is a very heavily roasted beer so you're going to get a lot of that you know y, almost ashy little burn uh roast to the finish on it and i think that's being mixed in a little bit with the extract flavors coming off of this right um of the beers i've had from southern tier i kind of like the start flavor of this more than probably most of them right um
0: uh, too artificial yeah too like this
3: finishes like it's sitting on my tongue right now as a very artificial beer but the beginning of it is very spot on right. mm-hmm. tastes like a fucking girl scout cookie yeah no i i, I enjoy <laughs> it's just, it yeah
2: what I'm, what I'm getting to is uh the pH of finished beer should be right around four two four five uh-huh. somewhere around there, and I think we're low fours on this four one four zero, oh. because um, that finish that lingers that, that tartness that sourness is sitting on the back end, and I think that has a lot to do with the heavy roast characteristics that they yeah. put into this.
3: And that gives it definitely the roast character always lowers pH. Yeah, yep.
2: So that that um, now on yours I didn't get that, and I think you have more of a balanced beer on your. Your end of your porter,
3: but the other thing too is that this is a this is this an is imperial, a stout, right? This is uh-huh. it's an imperial, so you got to be bumping up the roast to be able to add to that. Mm-hmm. So,
2: I mean, the mint comes through right up front, and then it oh yeah, just all the mint to, smacks you in the face. It lingers a little bit, and then all of a sudden it just goes to acrid, freaking stout. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's um, I often tell people this. I overanalyze beer all the fucking time. Yeah, it's, it's our job. <laughs> I can't finish these. I just got handed two beers. Um, blend them. I'm not gonna blend them. Nope. One is too good to blend with the other. The hazelnut on that knee deep one is just
4: too overbearing. I, I found hazel brewing hazelnuts yep. kind of hard. I agree. I've done it twice, mm. and both times it was one time I used an extract, and I. Added extract to the keg as opposed to actually brewing with it. And I feel like it never actually blended in the keg. So certain pints were hazelnut and certain pints were not. It was just kind of a weird phenomenon. Mm, That is weird. The second time, I actually crushed up about a pound of hazelnuts, threw them in the mash. And that was a better beer, but zero head retention. Mm, The oils
2: from the hazelnuts just killed it. One of the things to get hazelnut in there is if you oxidize your beer. You can get hazelnuts. Well,
4: this is before I knew any better, I just kind of just you did
0: that, right? What, well, what the heck was that?
2: That was you- a barrel-aged um, Belgian Red Ale or Flanders Red that went awry. We had, um, I think, eighty percent was two-row, twenty percent was corn.
3: I remember and having some bottles of that at one point, yeah. And I had like uh, bottled in a
2: liter bottles, and I put them aside inside that room right there, right. That room is not temperature regulator so it gets really cold in the winter and really hot in the summer. And I had it there for about 4 or 5 years. And by doing so, it aged that beer so badly that tastes like Doritos. It was so bad. It had yeah. hazelnuts and Doritos. Yeah. Um yeah. It was it was interesting. Definitely interesting. And it was uh
7: yeah, I was just thinking yeah. of the same yes. Doritos. thing. Hazelnut, hazelnut Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. You
2: might be honest something. <laughs> if you, no, you got cool, if you, if you, now if
7: you do that to age it, and then you get a cool
4: ranch Dorito,
2: I don't think, you're, you're, I don't think you get, I don't think you get the ranch in any kind of beer
4: Barrel aged hazelnut Doritos. Cool Come ranch Cool
2: ranch, yeah. Cool ranch, Colch. <laughs> uh, <Lodge>. Cool <laughs> ranch Colch. There we go. <laughs> I can go get some cool ranch seasoning. Speaking of seasonings, the worst thing that not the worst thing, the most interesting I've ever done was I got Chipotle, home smoked peppers. Jalapeños. Yeah. Matt, you had one of these, right? Yep. I made 3 gallons of a stout, imperial stout, and I threw 3 chipotle peppers into it.
3: My god. Okay. Hot. They were
2: hot as fuck, weren't they? No, 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 no. It tasted like barbecue sauce. Yes. Yeah, no, tra- tra- <laughs> You were drinking bar Did you have hot. any of that? I we were drinking barbecue Sweet. sauce. I made no yep. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. But it was funny because every time someone would be like, "Oh, I you know, I have I bring out the pepper. They're like, "Oh, this sounds good." I'm like, "Hold on a second, hold my beer." <laughs> so I bring out the beer, and they're like, "Oh, this is terrible." It's like drinking soy
4: sauce. <laughs> Do you ever have that? Uh, uh, what that flying dog old bay beer?
2: Oh, oh no! Yeah. But I've had the yeah. Mario. This is me, Italian made pizza beer. No, that's terrible. But <laughs> that The, was the, the too.
7: flying. The, the, I might not, know, you might want to try that, that flying. No, it's not terrible. There, that, uh, that Chipotle beer is like a cooking type of beer.
2: Yes, it would have been good. See, you know that you know, the, you know? to cook with. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because all beer that turns out shitty yeah. ends up being great beer to cook with. Really? Yes. Uh, or, to I still. I, or I don't know. I got a beer at home that's probably <laughs> <a> good. <laughs> or if, cook with. if you so want to break the law and still it, you can do that too.
4: So I have an apple cider stout at home that would
2: not be good to cook with. Apple cider stout. That sounds like a. What does Stephen King call that? Graph. He describes in the Gunslinger in the book.
3: Yeah, but that's a isn't that a blend of two together? Not necessarily a stout and cider. Yeah, Stephen
2: blend. Stephen King, Stephen Hawking. God bless his soul. Yeah. Wow. He's flying around in the black holes of space right now.
7: Well, seen, I, seen I don't. I, I, I think Stephen. King, King, uh, I think he's walking Stephen King. Yeah. Okay. Stephen Hawking he didn't. Walks, uh, like he's a a walking. He's talking. He's strutting. He wasn't a believer. I. I, I don't believe so. Yeah, exactly. uh, again. I, again. I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure. I don't think he believes in the afterlife. I don't think. I
5: think be Stephen
4: Hawking's walking around like Vince McMahon, wow. like the strut. Like I think oh, Stephen yeah.
7: Hawking's sitting in his wheelchair, looking at the staircase, going, "Fuck, that's <laughs> that's that's just my game You know, it's just you know oh, staircase, stairway to heaven. Now
2: you're now you're dating yourself." Was that, uh, who was that? Oh, Led my Zeppelin. God. Led what? Zeppelin. No. Hopefully the
4: next guy help him up. No, no, no. The TV, the TV show. <laughs> what, Big Bang <laughs> oh, uh, Theory? Michael Landis? Michael <laughs> Landon. <laughs> oh, Michael, <laughs> Michael <laughs> Landon, yeah. <laughs>
7: yeah. A little yeah. House did on the Prairie? Yeah, no, 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 no. Stairway to Heaven. Season?
4: Oh. He's going right back there.
2: Guys, you remember that show? Stairway <laughs> <laughs> to Heaven? Michael Landon?
4: That was the name of the show?
7: You never watched show?
2: it,
4: but I know you're talking No, he was an
2: angel sent down from heaven.
4: Was it called Stairway to Heaven? I don't know. No, it
2: was... Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven, yeah.
0: And it had Mr. Mr. Edwards from, uh, from yep. Little House on it. Yep. Yeah. yep.
2: Mm-hmm. They both were from Little House, but yeah. Yep. All right, I think we reached the end of the show. Anybody Matt, else?
3: What's uh, what's
2: coming up at the brewery? Oh. Uh, so, uh, uh, you ever see that guy that does that? Dude, I got that stuck <laughs> on my head. I'm going to
7: punch the shit out of you. Don't. Don't. I'll, I'll, I will re-break my hand. Good. Could,
2: Can could you sing that for me, Don? No, no. I be guy? You. Please don't. The the. I don't know what I'm supposed to. Some Russian guy dressed up like a.
7: There's some Russian guy dressed in this silver space outfit. Now, if I can describe him, I'm gonna say. Remember, remember the skeleton that you had in biology class. Yeah. yeah. Possibly thinner than that. Okay. And about seven and a half feet tall. Wearing silver platform boots, making these—
3: are you describing your nightmare? I don't know what you're doing. making these
7: opera <laughs> making these opera sounds that I I don't know how it, it's the most horrible. It's a pure train wreck. You you look at it, but you can't look away. I think
3: I know what you're talking about, but you, I don't you, think it was anything along the lines of what Warren was singing.
7: Oh, it's damn close.
3: Um, no. It's damn
7: close, but I'll no. tell you what, it's.
3: It's isn't it the, way past my internet. Isn't it the. Uh, what's it?
7: I don't know that. And you did Keep that,
2: going. You get
7: that stupid He Man video that you were playing. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> Fro- oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's great. That's it. I can't find it. What is?
3: Thank God. Trololo man. Yeah. Trilolo guy from
0: Russia?
5: Yeah.
3: Oh like oh oh 18th. oh!
5: La 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 la
3: la
2: la la! like a yeah, Russian David Bowie. How Hull you spell yeah. trollolo? Yeah. Only worse. Trollolo boy. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: trollolo guy.
2: Trollolo singer. Yeah, there it is. There. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: not like
3: that. One. That is yeah, not at all like that.
2: Absolutely like that.
3: No, it's not. You have to use your true singing voice.
0: Yeah, come on, from the belly. <laughs> Yeah, it's, he's much
2: deeper voice than No, there's there's not there's Are you actually guy. playing this for oh. us to listen to? <laughs> That's not no, not. It is a guy it. That sings like no, that. It, no,
7: no, Seriously. Seriously.
2: That's not it either. Are you <laughs> listening <laughs> to <laughs> what the What yes. Dora? The right, hell is I'm that? find the trollo guy. <laughs> and it and it? Put it as the Please thing. do, No, no, he's not the trollo guy. It's the <laughs>
7: <is a> <laughs>
0: so I
2: You can find him if you can find him. He
7: he sings just like that. Funniest accent I ever saw I ever heard in my life. I was down in Georgia, and I walked into a convenience store, and there was an Indian guy that spoke broken English with a Southern accent.
5: Nice.
7: I, I wish um. I could redo that because it is by far the funniest damn thing you will ever hear in your life. It, 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 it's, I can't even. I can't
5: even I actually, fathom. Don't that. try. And, no, don't it, try it, it's 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 I
7: actually, it's like Gandhi with 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 twang. It, it's wow.
0: I actually experienced—I actually experienced a Texan, a deep, deep Texan with a real Texan, Texan drawl, trying, attempting to communicate with a Jamaican, and they could not understand one <laughs> another. Wow!
7: Yes, yes, I can Ooh. understand that.
5: <laughs> what the fuck are you making us listen to? <laughs> There's
4: way too much inter- time. Hang in on, minutes. listen. <laughs>
5: Listen,
4: listen. It's horrible. This is, okay. why, listen, this is why my volume is never up on my phone ever. Oh, I am.
3: What? Wait, watch, watch, watch. Can... The people at home can't see this, Warren. Yeah. Warren, well, you need to give the people a link to this video.
7: Give them the link. Yes. This is horrible. It, what, to listen to it from over here, it's not so horrible. But to watch it up Matt, there, if you
2: want to get rid of people out of your brewery, you just put this oh on. Oh my God, it's. <laughs> I need a television. At it, the, right? the end,
4: at, no, you
5: don't.
7: I don't know if you actually play it. So go. So you'll need to stand at the door, handing out razor blades to people. It's not <laughs> bad. For
4: throat, you only. Here you go.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Oh, my
5: God. All right,
2: guys. Good night. Until right. next time. Yeah. Thank, you. Night, thank you.
5: Thank you. Good, good night. Bye. <laughs>
2: 10 people. No, are you kidding me? We probably gained 10 people from Lithuania.
5: <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's bad. It's so fucking that bad.